Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak, and quick dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, everybody. Uh, welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt. I'm your host. With this week are my two stupendous co-hosts, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. Say hi in unison, guys. Hello. I, that ah. didn't work. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're going to have to practice this for next week. Wah, 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 wah. We'll, anyway. do, we'll do it as a we'll do it in barbershop quartet style next week. It'll be fine. Yes. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, it, it's been interesting the past few weeks in the various games that we discuss here at blizzard watch um i i don't i i i find myself sometimes at a like loss for words for what's going on when that which is kind of interesting i i, I guess i'm just going to kind of jump into some of the stories we got going on um they're doing a lot of stuff nine patch 9.1.5 is coming out it'll it'll be out it's on the ptr right now mm-hmm. um and it's being tested and and it'll be out i i, I assume in a couple months I don't know exactly. Uh, it feels like it's got to come out before November, doesn't it? Like, or at least yeah, by I November? Have, I would expect it around there. I, I think we have minimum six weeks. Yeah. Like, minimum. So, I feel like, you know, end of October, middle of November, maybe it'll it'll come out just before Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving for people who don't live in there. Uh, but, yeah, that definitely feels like they want to get this out before Christmas. They definitely want it before December if they can get it. One of the things that I noticed that they've done is they've removed the AOE cap in 9.1.5, which is interesting because they put the AOE cap in uh, for Shadowlands because they felt like, you know, AOE DPS was out of control. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, you're both primarily healers, so maybe you don't really care all that much about this. But what I want is to remove the healing AOE cap, which is not part of that will never happen. Yeah. I want it to happen. Aww. It will never happen because then at that point you don't bring anything well, but AOE healers. Like that's that's I the mean, problem you, that you run into, right? But that's also the problem you already have because there is like tanks. You don't need an exclusive tank healer anymore. You don't need an exclusive single target healer. You need group healing because everyone is taking damage a- all the time in ex- most fights. Except for the fact that your smart healing, which is what the AOE healing does now can target the same person as the same healing that your next person is doing. And so because of the way that it selects targets, your AOE healing having a cap or or not having a cap wouldn't really, I mean, it would fix things, but it would also completely eliminate the need for any other healers because then you can literally just have everybody stand together, stack two shaman and two rusto druids and just go to town. And at that point, there would be no case for any other healers. But right now, because it does have to choose a target, and there's a there's a point where, you know, my healing rain may target the exact same five people that, you know, efflorescence or whatever the druid circle is, I apologize, druids out there, uh, puts on the ground, that 
you might th- th- that overlap still gives room for paladins to heal, for priests to heal, or or for monks to heal, or you know have those single target heals in between. It, it I don't think you're ever going to remove the cap because of that. It just completely invalidates anything that isn't an AOE heal at that point. That's the problem that they ran into when I, AOE healing didn't have a cap. <laughs> I mean, I just kind of chain cast my AOE heal, and that's like I cast Holy Shock and I cast AOE, and that's like that's it. That's my healing rotation. And see, and, see, and, my, um, and my primary heal is Riptide, like, hmm. and that's not an AOE heal. I mean, the even the legendary, it's it spreads it, but it's not the same, and it, that wouldn't be the case otherwise. And that's because of how AOE healing works. Like, I get your point, but I am I'm more surprised at them walking it back for DPS like Matt was pointing out. Like, Yeah, I think, think the reason for that was, quite frankly, that it just killed a lot of people whose DPS was primarily AOE. Um, well, a lot of casters felt out, it. Let me point out there's a, there's a detail here, which is the cap is removed, but the damage falls off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You do, so it's not like all of a sudden you're doing full damage to everyone in your AOE range. You're still there's still this limitation there where you kind of have but it, you know X number of core targets and then it falls off. But doesn't it swing the other way too? Where if there's fewer targets inside the AOE, it increases the effectiveness. Um, I don't think, I think so. It, I don't think I it don't increases. Think so. it. It's I just think that there's if there's fewer targets, the the fall off won't happen. Uh, let's see. Our iterate our intention was to reduce the effectiveness of burst AOE buttons against large target counts. Blah blah blah. Uh, Fifteen to twenty enemies, while also increasing their effectiveness against fewer targets. Uh, example: three to five enemies, and communicating that strength clearly in the tooltips. Yeah, that's not a change. That's just that's, that's just still going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 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 No, I I, I honestly don't. I feel like they. This is a situation where they. There's a there's a thing called overcorrecting, mm-hmm. and I feel like Shadowlands in terms of AOE overcorrected. Like the fall off would have been fine, but putting the fall off and a cap meant that you know you were doing less damage, and then if enough stuff showed up, you were doing nothing. Like I, I'm not even hitting those guys now, uh, and that was too much. One or the other would have been fine. We'll see how this goes. We'll see how it works out. I know that I'm hoping that specs like Fury will become more viable because we can hit Whirlwind more often now and it won't be wasted. Uh, you don't. It, there comes a point with Whirlwind where it actually becomes completely wasted to use it, and that's not great. I think um, it also opens up the door for things like uh, soloing Torghast on classes that primarily use AoE as a, a damaging ability, like uh, Elemental Shaman crit builds. They, they specifically work towards AoE, and they have abilities that, you know, apply stacks of things or do things to things inside of AOE. I think survivability at that point just shoots right up. Yeah. Because that cap there's, also applies to Earthquake's knockdown, which is there's that, a lot. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of different classes who have reasons to be happy about this. So I'm, yeah. I'm happy for it. Uh, but I threatened we talk about this during the pre-show. So now's as good a time as any to talk about 9.1.5 as kind of a... I don't want to call it a mea culpa patch, but definitely we're seeing a lot of, oh, we went too far adjustments. Because I said, I just got done saying there's a thing called overcorrecting. I think there was a lot of overcorrecting in Shadowlands. Um, mm. That's just my feeling. Yeah, I don't know. I agree, but go ahead. I I think, too, part of the problem is is that you have to look at it from different perspectives. I remember tanking when the Shadowlands beta came out. I tanked on on several different classes. We did a a group run. The the Blizzard Watch f- folks did, and yeah. Liz Liz can attest to this. I went in on a warrior and tried tanking and got destroyed. And switched to a Death Knight. Same, both of them were pre mades. Same gear level. Um, came in on the Death Knight. Walked through the place like it was standing still. Like there was nothing that was touching me. The only thing that killed me at that point was the fact that we as a group didn't know what was going on, so the boss would do something and three other people would die. Like my, my Death Knight was like practically couldn't die until everybody else was dead, and then it was like, okay, I'll be dead in like a minute. Uh, you might want to, you know, guess on a drink. I'll, I'll die eventually. And they, they did a lot of work to fix it, but it still felt like going into this expansion, like the, the tanking issues were, were still there, and they're still there now. Uh, to the point where, you know, like Mythic Plus for a long time was just Demon Hunters still is you want to tank for a mythic demon hunter especially once you start pushing progression 15 I mean, and higher yeah yeah uh once you're trying to you push progression in, in mythics it's a demon hunters up uh, between like between five and ten like anybody can do it and like 10 to 15 i see a lot of paladins but pushing 15 over demon hunters all the way and that's 
that's something I, I haven't actually seen any adjustments to going forward. So there's still stuff it, to fix. It's like if you look at healers, it's like holy paladins. That's the thing. And Blizzard has been really weird about holy paladins because they've given them a design that makes like a melee holy paladin that's doing DPS and healing at the same time is like the optimal. It's fun to play and also it heals more than like staying on the back ranks and casting heals like a lot more. And so they're, so you get groups where it's like, okay, we want a holy paladin because a holy paladin is going to contribute this DPS and also do as much healing as another healer. So why do we want another healer when we're trying to beat the clock on Mythic Plus? Yeah, that's very fair. And I, I feel like there are still some balance issues that need to be addressed. But in general, I'm kind of heartened by what I'm seeing. I'm going to talk about uh, another change that we're seeing that I wasn't expecting and I'm still not sure how to feel about it. Um, Group Finder now is going to require an authentic authenticator, but not just for everything. You don't need an authenticator to make a group in Group Finder, and you don't need one to sign up for a group, but you need one to be able to like put in an ad for the group, like um, well, like to, description. to make a custom, yeah. a custom description for the group. Yeah, yeah. like if you want, Sorry, go, go ahead, Joe. No, no, you go. So there's been a recent problem, and I don't know if anybody's really really noticed it. I'm sure you have if you've been looking for groups for things. But I noticed this, and I actually tweeted about it a few weeks ago, where I go to look for pre-done groups for whether it's, you know, Mythic Plus or Mythics or or whatever, and I just see advertisements for selling runs and links to sites and where you can deposit your money to get your run. And I a lot of those are just generated by bots, and they're bots that wind up in the game. And I think something like this is aimed at trying to curb that a little bit, because I, I, I no joke. Like, I spent a half an hour in game, like, two weeks ago uh, just reporting all of these things. They were popping up as quickly as they were getting reported. So, like, I think this helps combat that at least a little bit because that robot, that bot that's, you know, logging into a thousand accounts doesn't necessarily have an authenticator on all of that. And it kind of makes that barrier. Like, in in IT, we talk about uh, barrier to, like, security. And a lot of times... It's not that a system is secure, it's that the barrier and the hurdles that the person has to jump through to get to a certain point is just too much for them to even bother with. And that's kind of what something like this does. And I'm kind of okay with it. Like, I don't mind that, you know, you need to have a two-factor authenticator to to sort of put a, a description in there, especially if it weeds out all of the, and we get one per show, and I'm going to use it right here, all of the crap that gets listed in those descriptions, you know, and there are some some nasty ones as well. I've run across some ones that use some very choice language uh, to describe the type of people that they are looking for or more accurately, not looking for. Um, so yeah, put an authenticator in there. That's fine. I, 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 it's not going to curb all of it, but it raises that barrier, that hurdle just a little bit. Now they have to walk over it as opposed to just, you know, lay and roll across it or something. So <laughs> if that makes sense, like, I mean, any, I think it's just sensible to have an authenticator anyway, and I think most normal players will have an authenticator because you don't want people to steal your account. People stealing your account sucks. So this makes it a lot more difficult to get your account hacked, and, you know, why wouldn't you have an authenticator? And, and but those people campaigns. who have, you know... I was going to say, they tried other campaigns. The people who like, have, like... <laughs> yeah. Free, free mount. Have an authenticator. Get a free mount. Like, come on. Yeah. Uh... But uh, just just like you said, it's adding just this small barrier for entry, and that's enough to kind of kick out people who are just doing this because it's super easy, or at least make it so they can't do it as much. Yeah, and and I think that's I, I think it's a good thing that you can at least they're attempting to look at it, and it, it probably makes sense for them too because honestly, developing something like this and requiring it reduces the amount of tickets that probably get generated. Cause I imagine every time somebody yeah. reports something, a ticket gets generated, it has to go to a, a, a customer service representative or a game master or whoever to review it. And then like find out who it was and go backtrack through the logs. Yeah. So it's, it's a good thing. Ultimately it will be a good thing. Okay. The sirens have stopped. I can talk again. I'm sorry. You live in Silent Hill. I'm apologize. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> going on outside and I don't want to know, but yeah, I, I think, it's very unlikely that something that is using automation to push this kind of thing. I mean, even if it does have an authenticator set up to the various accounts, it's because you can have like an app that does it. It's still going to 
it, it's not something you can automate as easily. So a little anytime, bit of a hassle. Anytime you break automation, you make it harder for bots yeah. to, to do what they're doing. Yep. So that's that's all to the good. Uh, one of the other things from coming in nine point point one point five though is kind of up in the air as to what it is, but we know we're getting Legion time walking, and that's going to include Mythic Plus dungeons. The the Mythic Plus dungeons from Legion are going to get rolled into time walking. So if you're running Mythics, you'll be able to run those dungeons as Mythics during the the time walking period. The first the first time they do Legion time walking, it's going to last for two weeks, and then afterwards it's going to run a week. And one of the things that's coming alongside with it, we're not sure what it's coming from, is they've in the files they found recolors of Mage and Paladin Tier 20. And the idea, people are like, okay, why are these here? Why are these files like suddenly in the 9.1.5? Uh, you know, what build? Why does the build have these files in it? Why why is this these sets getting made? One one idea is that it's going to be the reward for doing the the mythic plus uh, legion achievements during time walking basically getting the the i wonder if it's going to be drops from it though i I honestly here's what i was thinking the the last time they did a time walking the last couple of times when they did burning crusade time walking they updated it to put in black temple yeah for demon hunters and then when they put in wrath of the lich king time walking they put in olduar and, and they added, they started adding the raids later, I think. Yeah. Like, well, I don't think that was on launch, but. One of, the, one of the things that might be happening is they might be thinking about putting Tomb of Sargeras on time walking. I know it it's be been requested most, a lot. It In a lot of ways, Tomb of Sargeras is the most iconic of the Legion raids. It's the one everybody expected. It's the one that had that tier 20 set that looks very much like the original tier six. It's got a lot of callbacks. And so that's one possibility that popped into my head that they might be doing that. They might be like working on it. But these are recolors. They're not the original sets. They mm-hmm. use the mythic appearance. The uh, the paladin and mage sets look use the mythic tier twenty appearance, or the elite PvP you know lookalike appearance, if you want to call it that. For instance, the paladin set has the helmet and the crown floating above it, which it- only have you only got in mythic. So I'm not you know. It's possible that it's a Mythic Plus reward. It could be what Joe just said, and it's drop. Possibly they're putting some drops in. We don't know yet, but I think that's really interesting. I think it's also interesting that they're choosing a set of gear or at least a tier of gear that maybe not a whole lot of people were able to go and get. So, you know, that's that's kind of a neat little thing as well. Yeah, and it was it was possibly one of the most requested looks because it's a vi- it's not just... It, it looks like the original Tier 6 in many cases, but the Mythic version is obviously exaggerated. It's also a graphical update. Like if they were to put the the other sets, like if they put the non-mythic appearances back in too, it's an update to what that gear looked like when you got the original tier six. It it looks better in its tier twenty version. It's got more textures. It's got more um, definition. But I don't know about for everybody else, but the belts on tier twenty were a nightmare for for plate wearers, at least for warriors. The tier pe- the tier belt is on a world boss that you can't get to spawn anymore because it's linked to the uh, the whole thing about building up resources to spawn the world boss, which if it's just you, good luck on that one, getting the world boss to come up. And then if a world boss does come up, it has to be the specific one. So I would really like it if they would put the, the you know another way to get that belt into the game so I don't have to constantly try to get a world boss to spawn to try to farm him for it. It is, it is quite something that would be quite nice so i don't know you're never gonna hear me complain about them putting more more looks or making more looks available into the game especially if they're bringing back stuff like i liked the sky shadow arrangement which is what you know tier 20 was for for shaman i thought it was cool on all of the colors available i wasn't able to get all of the colors available i really wanted the red version uh which i believe was the high-end pvp one uh but if they can give me if they can make something like that available to me yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna probably be all over it. I might, and I had the same problem with you. Like, I have most of the tier twenty set. I don't have the belt. Like, I just straight up don't have it. Yeah, I think the belt dropped off of a world boss. Yeah, and, and it's the only it's the only piece I don't have from that set. So give me a chance yeah. to get it back. Give it something back. Sweet, let's go. I'm I'm in. Yeah, even if it wouldn't count for the set, it would look enough like it that you could just manually make a set with it, mm-hmm. and that would still be better. Yeah. Um. I, like I said, I, I originally read about this because I think, Liz, you put a slug in about it. Uh, but I remember 
doing a little research on it and they it's just like right now we have no idea what this stuff is or if the, you know there's just two sets in the files there's just the mage and paladin set so they if they are doing it it might be doing it alongside 9.1.5 for something that's coming later too because you just mentioned that they didn't do the Alduar time walking yeah. or the burning legion time walking the first time they did time walking it's possible they'll do tomb of sargeras in the future um it, for people watching the stream, yes, there is a reason I came to Duma Sargaris. It wasn't just because I'm a transmog farming <laughs> lunatic. Um, because quite frankly, there's nothing going to drop for me from any of these bosses that I need, uh, except um, the avatar of Sargaris. He might drop shoulders. That's the only piece I don't have. Uh, he just won't drop them. And of course, I don't have the belt, but uh, there's no way for me to get it. So <sighs> in general, do you guys remember in, in Wrath of the Lich King... I don't know if other sets had this problem, but warriors, the the top of the line warrior set, the sanctified Yamiara Lord, didn't have boots. Okay. There was no boots for it. Um, the boots looked like Death Knight tier because the normal mode version of all the armor looked like warrior armor, and then the the heroic version looked like Death Knight armor, and so you ended up with this really weird thing where you were wearing Death Knight boots with your warrior set because there were no warrior boots for it. And they put that boot, those boots in, in Wrath of the Lich King, not in Wrath of the Lich King, sorry, in Legion, but they put them in a dungeon and in the heroic version of the dungeon, but only the heroic version of the dungeon, um, the, the, the dungeon in Dalaran, the Violet Hold, mm -hmm. when they put it, they put them in, they put them in Violet Hold, just heroic, just on one of the bosses. And remember how the bosses spawned randomly? Yep. So you, you could do that run. You could literally do heroic um, you know, Violet Eye a hundred times, Violet Hold, you could do it a hundred times and only get that boss once and then they wouldn't drop the boots. Yep. I spent the next four years farming Violet Hold till they I finally got the boots like at the end of the last expansion. So I, I do have them now. I have the complete set. But that's the kind of thing that they do that always kind of fascinates me. It's like, did nobody stop and think that you weren't putting this set in like it, there's no way to complete the set visually you don't have the boots you can't get the boots they don't exist i, I often wonder how much that wars with like so in my mind there's like an economy of like stats slash like item levels that slash items that can be assigned to a raid for whatever set and like when you get to a certain point you pare down and it's like what do you keep in what do you take out because some some of the choices for for just gear in general over the last several years have made me scratch my head uh like weapons only being available for certain for a specific class from a final boss uh which is a problem that happened in BFA um like i don't know if they necessarily go back and look at it holistically and i'm wondering if there's a lot of like microcosm view instead of macrocosm view and like they just kind of look at the the, the the small individual pieces and forget about everything else when they're talking about it and then go back later and be like oh yeah no we totally forgot about that we should probably go put this in somewhere like, i feel like they must have done that in legion because like i said the boots just didn't exist yeah, until legion and it wasn't <laughs> it, 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 it would not be terribly surprised 100 percent. all right uh last thing before we start talking about emails and so forth this is one that I we I think we all expected, um, but it's it is happening. Blizzard is is removing game references to characters, uh, the, the game references in characters that are references to people who used to work there who don't work there anymore. Um, we, we talked about it before the the, the firing of, of several people, including uh, Jesse McCree and Luis Baragia. They they had NPCs named after them, Jonathan LaCraft as well. And those those characters are getting renamed. Like I think Torturer LeCraft got renamed. Um, yeah, to Torturer Alphonse. Okay. Yeah. I, I demand oh, they give yeah. him a French accent now. <laughs> but yeah, no, but, it's it's. Um, I'll let Liz talk. Go ahead. I've I've been pleasantly surprised to see them making these changes and taking people who this wasn't outright publicly said why they left the company, but presumably they were causing problems. They were part of these people who were involved in this lawsuit about sexual harassment. And, you know, they're removing these, all of these references from the game because it can be tough when someone has mistreated you 
to go into the game and see all of these tributes to them like everywhere because some of the developers have just references all over the place and it's just it it's nice to be able to play the game and not think about oh this jerk who did these awful things and he's this npc that i have to see in front of me all the time and it's just that's not fun that's not pleasant so but i really didn't expect them to go through and do this like culling of all of these references because there are a lot of them yeah i didn't expect them to do it this fast like it's yeah. it's fast um i mean there's i guess there's some statement about it not being rolled out entirely like the zone of Macri Macari is still called Macari as far as I know. Yeah, these Actually, things since do. I'm in game, I yeah, should I look. But these things take I time. I haven't like, heard about that changing, so yeah. And they take time, and that's fine. Yeah, I I wasn't expecting like, you know, they would have already gotten rid of all of it. I just yeah, it's still called that. Yep. Okay. Um but I, I I'm it's one thing to like rename a character, especially one who doesn't have any dialogue referencing their name. Um quite frankly, the cowboy character from Overwatch is going to be a process, guys. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of thinking. Well, not a, not, and not even that. Like, I'm wondering how far this is going to extend. Like, uh, particularly with that character, there's a lot of merchandise with that character's name on it out in the wild. Overwatch is probably next to World of Warcraft. I'd say probably their largest, like, farmed out IP in terms of, like, nerf guns, cosplay stuff that you can just buy off the shelf. Uh, Funko Pops, tchotchkes that you can just buy at like the stores. There's a lot of it, and there's a like McCree's gun is one of them. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. It's and be also, stuff. also he has a whole novel about him. Yeah, straight up. Oh, and I, mm. I mean, and I and I understand like not everything's going to be able to be erased, and and that's I don't want to say it's fine, but like it makes sense, and I it would be it would be ludicrous to think that everything will get erased, you know, but. Hopefully, due to the passing of time, things will will slowly fade away or no longer be produced or packaging will change. We'll see. Yeah, definitely think that that's going to be something to watch, though, because it it is not going to be as simple as, hi, I'm Bob now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Although, man, I'd love it if he just there's a a cinematic where Bastion shows up. It's Bastion and him talking and Bastion still just keeps calling him a bunch of beeps. He's like, yeah, I'm glad you understand, friend. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was difficult for me to realize that I had to change. Yeah, you said it right. <laughs> it's like, and he's now, and they just called the have Bastion come and go. Beep, boop, 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 boop. That's correct. That is his new name. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I can totally see that. And I'd be down for it. Give me some Johnny like- Five's alive moments. The birds like twi- you know trilling. Yes, that's correct, Mister Birdway. He can talk to birds. No, nah, I'm just humoring him. <laughs> he seems so excited to be part of the conversation. I didn't want to. I didn't want to get in his. Way. If I don't, if I keep trying to do the McCree voice, I'm going to end up in Scottish. I just know it. I have to stop. Oh, it's me. It's me. That kid, the cowboy. <laughs> what the heck are you doing, man? I don't know. I don't know who I am anymore. Ah, okay. So that's that's the, the, the top stories for right now. Yeah, there is uh, one. There is one last thing I just want to say about nine point one point five before we move on. Just real quick, like we no. Anyway, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Well, I edited it, so I could put it anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, I I will say, and I've said this in 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 our work chat, and I've said this on Twitter and stuff like this. A lot of this does seem like you know people are claiming that like oh they're rushing to get this stuff back in the game. The other thing that I want to just put the bug in everybody's ear is people have been working on this probably since the beta was coming to a close. It and is a lot impossible. Of, yeah, yeah. It is impossible to get a game company moving in the direction you you think they're doing that fast. Yeah. And a <laughs> lot of this, a lot of this stuff has probably been in work forever. Like the AOE stuff, they're probably, they were probably trying to figure out a bunch of that stuff. The time I will, walking I will stuff. say straight up, they, they absolutely have been working on time walking oh, yeah. since before they released this expansion. Oh yeah, and as, certainly. as far as the AOE stuff is concerned, they knew people were talking about the problems with it, and they said at the time, "We're going to see how this goes, and if it turns out to not be working." See, that's the thing is, I I think a lot of times they do make changes that are rollbacks or adjustments because they overcorrected, but they go into it knowing they might be overcorrecting. Yeah, 
Absolutely. They, they, they know, but it's like, we have to try something. If and th- this works great, if it doesn't work, we'll, we'll dial it back. And there's kind of that, that constant process. They try something big at the beginning of an expansion. They do a beta release. They see what the reaction is to it. And then they start either fine tuning it based off of the feedback that they receive or walking it back based off the feedback they receive. And that takes time. And traditionally we see that come out in a 0.5 patch, right? Like mm-hmm. that's when we start seeing these yeah. things roll out. So this is just expected. And honestly, I'm glad to see it. So good on them for, for sticking with it. And I was actually just happy to see that 9.1.5 was going to have these things. So, but that's all I wanted to say. I'm good. Well, you didn't get to anyway. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> I, I'm no sorry. Respect. I, am a, I get no respect. I'm a little weird today. I, I, the last week has really taken it out of me, but we're going to do those there emails and questions that we get, uh, including a question that's actually been on the email for like three weeks now that I've intended to put in here and constantly didn't get. So hopefully we'll get to it this time. Um, if you've got a question for the show, you can either email it to podcast at blizzardwatch.com with the subject line podcast or blizzard watch. So we know it's for this show because we got three shows now and I'll, I'll be up front. I almost stole a tavern watch question today. Cause I was like, Ooh, I want to talk about that. Like, no, no, we have tavern watch stop so i i was good a cookie I, I got a direct one for that one yeah i'm excited yeah, yeah so if you want to you can email us that'd be great uh if you don't like using email or just want to hit up our discord we've got two channels in discord there's uh i'm actually going to switch the ones we introduced first up there's the q questions one which is for anybody who wants to use our discord you don't have to be a patron or anything you can go and ask a question there one of the questions on this this today's email is from there so yay thank you keep asking questions um and the other channel for patrons, so we, we the one we look at first is the uh, patron Q and podcast questions channel. Uh, if you are a patron, yeah, you will get your questions on the show before anybody else. That's one of the ways we reward you for supporting the show and all the other shows we do because we like doing them and that support helps. Uh, as is usual, you guys read because I have eyeballs that are literally rotting out of my head. Um, I'm going to have Liz start off because I usually do. <laughs> So our first question is from Zul, and they ask, so with the changes to the Maw and the loss of the Eye of the Jailer debuff, how does one get the Who Sent You achievement for killing 100 assassins in the Maw without the debuff? And, um, yeah, that's a tough one now. Like, I know you can kill assassins that were summoned to attack someone else, but that other person would also have to have not gotten rid of their Eye of the Jailer debuff by doing the Corthia prequests. And who who wants that? Like, no one wants that. It's unpleasant and unfun. I'm going to keep my one... I have an alt that hasn't done it yet, and I'm going to keep that character. <laughs> and I'm, I'm totally going to be like, okay, who wants that, that achievement? I'm going to go and be. I'll be your target dummy. But yeah, it is definitely one of those situations we were just talking about it in terms of armor sets the idea of you know did did somebody forget to check um this achievement is still in the game but if you did the corthia prequests how do you do it I okay it's really hard i wouldn't be surprised if they they give you an option to toggle at some point to turn the debug the the protection on or off because they I mean yeah. we've like seen phasing. that you, yeah because we've seen that they've been able to do it with like yeah. uh, the chromatic dragon flight in other places right so why not why not here poor <laughs> confused dragon oh I'm, I guess I'm dead anyway do you want to go back in time wait you could still do we've that killed, yeah. we have killed plenty of dragons sir they have to be in the shadowlands somewhere I mean time doesn't even work here so yeah fine go ahead go back in time no one cares <laughs> right you're a lot more laissez faire about it once you're dead you know it buddy <laughs> actually have we seen any dead dragons. N- um, you know, besides you, Sarah, and you, Sarah was yeah, directly Sarah. sent there, but she was directly sent to Ardenwell. Yeah, we haven't we been seen- everywhere in the Shadowlands yet. Like I, I was really hoping to see Eltharian again. I was really hoping we'd see Eltharian again, and he'd be really a nice guy. You now. know, I'm kind. Of, I mean, plus most of the Black Dragon flight, Alexstrasza's yeah. for- mate. That you know, we let him blow himself up. Process, yeah, Coriolis like I, I, you know, that's a really good question, and this is totally sidetracking because, well, that's what you get people come here for. But like, I, if they ever do the Dragon Isles, I want there to be some like weird explanation where like the Dragon Isles like is like the Timeless Isle. It sort of exists in multiple places at once, and it just turns out, hey, by the way, this is also partially part of the Shadowlands. Dragons come here instead. Yeah, that would be kind of interesting. I honestly, do feel like that would make sense. Uh, and Tohex, even- Tohex, dragons are mortal. Yes, they can die. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've killed quite a few of them. Yep. Uh, even the 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 aspects can die. That's why you know. I mean, that I'm kind of hoping that uh, Malagos and his uh, dead consort, whose name's uh, not Sinestra, Cinderella. Thank you. The two of them could possibly have reconnected now that they're both dead. You know, have like a nice moment or something. I went crazy for a while there, didn't I? Yes, you did, dear. I really <laughs> tried to destroy the world by pulling all the ley lines into one place, didn't I? You did, dear. I should probably send them a fruit basket, shouldn't I? <laughs> I don't think they send fruit baskets from the Shadowlands, and I don't know what that would entail <laughs> when they got here. We got oh, brokers. <laughs> They'll send fruit baskets. It's fine. The brokers will find a way. It's all parts of Maldraxxus. They just ripped off of the place. Ugh. What is we this? No you know, if they, what is this is. beef and chocolate pudding? If, <laughs> if they gave as as mall walkers, if they gave us enough uh, enough gold, a big enough quest reward, we would happily deliver fruit baskets back to Azeroth. If they put a pet at the end of it, deliver one thousand <laughs> fruit baskets, get a pet and a mount. Oh my god! Here, here's a basket so full of mushrooms. Just, just, just eat them. You'll feel fine. It's great. Don't worry about it. The mall walker delivery system. <laughs> How, you know, what was the old thing about Tyrion? Like, yeah, all I got to do is offer them, like, you know, is throw some loot at them and they'll do anything I want. Watch. Joust. <laughs> Look at them go. I mean, it ain't wrong. It's so, yeah. true. It's true. But to, to answer the question, to come back to the actual question, um, <laughs> I, I do think that this is something I would like them to put in something so you could just get it done rather than have to, like, yeah. come up with a, and, you know, and get Zell- a character and keep it out. Our friend Corey Zell pointed out they could just do marks uh, of the assassin for you to grab or, you know, something where you can, like, loot it or or whatever or maybe convert, like, Stygia or something into it. They could do something for it that that makes you be able to do it, I'm sure. Yeah, that would be nice. But as of right now, basically have a friend who hasn't done Corthia yet or, you know, that's basically it. Have a friend who hasn't done Corthia yet or have an alt that hasn't done Corthia yet and trade with somebody else. Like I'll, I'll let you do it on my character and then you let me do it on your character. So I don't know. There, there could be ways to do it, but right now I have no idea. It's tough. It was already a tough achievement and now it's like a super, super tough achievement. Welcome to insane in the membrane <laughs> 7.0. Uh, I don't know if it's that tough, but pretty tough. All right. I, re- I think we've answered that one. Are we ready for the next one? Go, go. This one comes from our good friend Riptides. Hello, Riptides. Why are Night Elves so much taller than Blood Elves? I mean, they're really not that much taller. Canonically, I think they're only about an average of a foot taller. I think Night a Elves... A foot taller than somebody is pretty tall, Joe. I'm short. Everybody's taller than me. What do you want? Um, I'm, just, I'm saying, like, you're, how about, about how tall are you? I'm 5'4", dude. Okay, so I'm six foot. Yeah, you're Would almost you a foot taller me than me. Significantly taller than you. Yeah, you're about a foot taller than me. Yeah, then that is actually pretty tall. Sure. Just... Okay. Regardless, yeah. I think I think what night elves are about seven feet tall. Blood elves are somewhere around six feet tall. I think high elves are actually shorter than than night elves as well too. I think they're also in that five to six foot tall range. Who the the nightborn or the the, high, elves? the highborn, the actual highborn? Oh, yeah. Well, no, highborn. There are highborn who still look like night elves. That's the other problem. There's the highborn that that are just night elves. Um, some of them have joined the the night elves since the ones from the Chandralar. So yeah, that is actually tricky. And then the I think the nightborn are the same height as as night elves canonically. I don't know. It, like we, I don't think we've ever been given an actual reason why some are taller than the others. Maybe it's proximity to whatever their arcane sources versus the lifestyle they chose. I don't know. I mean. Night Elves kind of did that whole living in trees thing for a while. Maybe that had something to do with it, or maybe it had something to do with the way that Alun favored them. And then you have Blood Elves who were, well, we're just going to go over here by the sun well. It's it's different than what you're used to. I actually just went and did my Orbit Cinderai on my Night Elf here. And while I am taller as a Night Elf, it's not really by much at all. It's like half a head. So it's more like four or five inches. Well, I mean, I looked it up. I looked it up online. Well, yeah. before the question, I'm just saying, just to say canonically, in game rendering, that it's not a tremendous height no, difference. No. Um. So I know I night, think it's basically- Nightborn tend to look taller just because they look lankier because of how they the the tattoos and stuff make them. The coloring makes them look. But even they're not. They're, they're not that much. They're pretty different. much. They're almost exactly the same skeleton as a night elf. Yeah. They really, it just, I think it's just visual right. tricks, right? Um. I would say that part of it is, like Joe talked about, the different lifestyle. The fact that night elves basically have a lifestyle where they, they're they all kind of super, like, 
into like outdoor stuff and nature fighting and all that. Like canonically, they're all into like, you know, let's go and like observe nature and watch things kill each other. And it's great, you know, and they're all a little nuts. Um, so they're all kind of like that really intense pert friend, you know, who's <laughs> totally into CrossFit and goes out into the woods every week. The first real CrossFit just- is you would tell everybody about CrossFit. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's kind of the night elves, whereas the blood elves are very much like, look, that sounds like work. Can't we just have magic do it? No, we must go forth and kill our own food. Listen, I'm just going to sweep my own floor. I'm just going to animate this broom, maybe shape yeah. a tree later. It'll be fine. Like, no, we must actually wrestle this this uh, this cat, this giant cat. And eventually it will respect us because we wrestle it for like a week and a half. And then we'll like ride the cat places. Like, no, man, we got I got a bird. It's fine. The bird just I just bred the bird. I don't have to like fight it. It's like, you know, it honestly feels like it's it's less like any kind of real genetic difference and more just, you know, one of them is the guy who doesn't ever want to go out. And the other is the guy who always wants to go out. Like, you know, it's the, the one the one woman who's, like, super, super fit and the one who's like, all right, I'll go to the woods. Can't we just walk? I don't – or or I could get pulled by a cart. Like, I could get magical mice to pull a cart. That's not – hold on. Let me work on that spell. No, we're going to the woods now. So I, I feel like that's a big part of it. it. It's less that they're really that different and more just, you know, the, the blood elves are, like, smart and was like, I don't – I don't want to – do anything i got magic why do i have to do this really ugh, i don't want this i mean come on everybody's had I, the dirty dishes you wish you could just magic into the sink it's true i would suggest one practical explanation here maybe because blizzard has at least in the past been big on characters having different silhouettes mm-hmm. and you know by having blood elves be a little more petite a little slimmer you have a unique silhouette for them that you're never going to confuse for a night elf yeah yeah that makes sense and if you were playing back when original you know you know vanilla world of warcraft you saw the original blood elf silhouette or as i like to call it stretchy face nightmare fuel and <laughs> you know you realize oh it's good they redesigned them it's a good thing uh, you would not have wanted to wander around playing as one of those guys. They're still in the game in one place. Uh, there's a original Blood Elf model that you can see in like one of the villages in the Ghostlands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're talking it's about. The only place you can still see it. They haven't yeah. taken it out. They haven't refurbed it. And it's. I think it's It's an Easter egg. Like, you know, there's these ghosts who look like the, the Blood Elves looked in original Vanilla WoW when you went to the... Uh, I think it was the Blasted Lands. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was around the Dark Portal. Yeah, um, they were just hanging out, and you would see them, and you would like get quests from them, and they was like, "Oh God, your face! What happened to your face?" Um, so yeah, it's there's a reason that they didn't use that. Sylvanas had a Night Elf model for a very long time for a reason. Yeah, because the Night Elf model looked okay, and the Blood Elf model did not. And then they they when they realized, oh, we're gonna have to make these guys playable. We need to fix them. So they did. And uh, then Sylvanas got a better model. Didn't she get her model update in World in like Wrath? I think I want to say she got a model update in Wrath. Yes, and I think she got another one kind of later on as well when they pants on her. Yeah, they, well, they've done they've actually done several model updates for her. But I yep. meant the one where they switched yeah. her from a night elf. I think was in Wrath. Yes, I think you I are. Think you're right because they were doing the the Wrathgate storyline, so they needed her to actually look like an elf. And I think her original. Her first update to look like a blood elf was actually a variation on the Alexstrasza mob, if I'm mm. not incorrect, because because she had the same ridiculously exposed pants thing going on. Like th- those are not really pants, Sylvanas. Yeah, Ale- Alexstrasza still still not wearing pants. No, but you know, Alexstrasza, Alexstrasza is a big dragon. If she looks like that, it's entirely because <laughs> she thinks it's funny or she wants to or something. Uh, whereas with Sylvanas, that was her actual body. So yeah, go ahead, put some pants on. Yeah, but okay. Yeah, I think we've covered this. That's that's why th- th- there's the practical reasons, there's the lore reasons, and then there's probably the CrossFit reasons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, CrossFit reasons, that's what I'm going with. All right, Liz, you got the next one. Hello, everyone. What if Disney bought Blizzard? Possibilities would be endless. Good Blizzard movies? Possibly a truly good Marvel MMO? Any thoughts? Best regards, Chris, a.k.a. Starhammer, Dwarf Pally, a.k.a. Norinrad, Human Mage. 
Okay, I like your Silver Surfer reference. I want to go last on this because I have misgivings on both sides, but I want to talk after you guys do. I'm going to let Liz go first. I mean, the thing is with Disney, they have hits and they have misses. So it's even if Disney bought Blizzard, which I think is basically an impossibility because Blizzard is part of this Activision Blizzard conglomerate, which is massive. So I don't think Disney is going to go there. I think it's just just like any other company, Disney has hits and misses. And I think they have a lot of hits lately, and that makes us really like hyped about Disney. But they have, I think they have as many misses as they do hits. So I don't necessarily know that that means a good, we would get a good Blizzard movie or get a good Marvel MMO. I mean, the MMO question is really interesting. I'd love a good Marvel MMO. I'd love a good superhero MMO. Last superhero MMO I played was City of Heroes, and I really enjoyed that, but that's been like a zillion years at this point. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to get a lawsuit um, again. <laughs> I mean, I the thing about a Marvel MMO is that the MMO landscape has changed so much since World of Warcraft. And one of the reasons I think World of Warcraft remains unique and remains fun is because it's a different kind of game than more modern MMOs. For all we complain about, like, you can buy mounts, you can buy this, you can buy that... World of Warcraft was designed to have a subscription model where you subscribe, you paid, and you got all the content. And they've added these other transactions, but they're all optional, and you can do it or you can't, but you get all the content free. Like the core game content you get and the expansion, you know, you know what I mean. Y'all probably play World of Warcraft. You know what I'm talking about. But modern MMOs are, you get a lot of things on a free-to-play model and that have more microtransactions. I think just the whole gaming industry has gone towards this microtransaction-supported model, and that makes different sorts of games. But I don't, I don't really like it. I don't like how we've gone in this direction, but I don't think you could make a, a game like this anymore. I don't think you can't make a World of Warcraft. You can't make a Marvel game that's like World of Warcraft. So that's, that's all I got. Yeah, here's the point where I'm going to bring up Disney loves to abandon things. Um, uh, yeah. And this is the problem with it, right? Yeah, and Liz is absolutely right. They make, you know, things that are hits or misses, but they also have this wonderful tendency of once something is no longer going with exactly what they want to do anymore, they abandon it. Um, we had, and, and as, uh, Leo Wild pointed out in chat, and I was going to bring this up too, we had a fantastic, uh, Marvel MMO in 2016 called Marvel Heroes, who was lead designed by David Brevik, which, you know, you might want to look that up. There's some ties there for, for World of Warcraft folks and Blizzard in general. Um, but it was a fantastic game. It, I backed that game at a very like high level and, I put a lot of money and time into it. It was fantastic. But then at one point it stopped making the money that they wanted to do or they wanted it to make. And there was like, all right, cool. We're done. You no longer get our IP. Bye. Like it's the same thing. Like once it falls below a certain metric, it's gone. And that's one of the problems with Disney is Disney looks at numbers a lot more closely than any, anything else that you might possibly think. And we've talked about this before. Disney is mostly a faceless corporation. They want your money. That's it. So now imagine those lean months we had with like World of Warcraft where, you know, engagement was down and subscription numbers were like way down. What do you think would happen with an MMO that Disney owned that did that? I don't think it would last very long. I don't think they would bank on the resiliency of it. That's my misgivings with it. That's my problem with it. Not to say that Disney doesn't make good games or, or they have like a plethora of games that they've done that have been absolutely fantastic as far as like you know what they are but i don't think modern mmo sensibilities or even classic mmo sensibilities align with their business model and if you really want to play a disney mmo that's good play star wars it's technically a disney mmo yeah it's 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 got bioware over it but it's a disney ip and disney still signed off on it because disney owns star wars throwing it out there matt why don't you go ahead and 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 give it in there Okay, I have two things to say. One of them is pretty strict. The total assets of Activision Blizzard, which is literally everything, everything they got, revenue, operating income, net income, total assets. The total assets, including the equity, it's 
$1.1 billion. The total assets of Disney, $201.549 billion in this in 2020. That means that Activision Blizzard is like one-tenth the size of Blizzard, I mean of Disney. Mm-hmm. So in order to acquire it, Disney would have to be willing to invest 10%. And and I mean, I'm these are there's a lot more gradients to this than what I'm giving you. But I'm just pointing out another way to look at it is just in the, in the number of employees. Activision Blizzard employs 9,500 people as of 2020. Uh, Disney employs 223,000 people. Yeah. The, the, the company would get utterly absorbed and it would no longer exist if Disney, quote unquote, bought it. Because other companies that Disney has picked up that were less expensive, like, say, Lucasfilm... Lucasfilm still exists, but it doesn't. Like Lucasfilm is a wholly owned and controlled arm of Disney. It's, it does it's, what Disney tells it to do. It's a name on a tin. Yeah. That's funnily it. enough, funnily enough, they bought Lucasfilm for the same amount they bought Marvel for. Yeah, and <laughs> the only reason they they would spend more on on Activision Blizzard is that they thought something was going to be the next Star Wars or the next Marvel, and they don't have that at Activision. Um, there's nothing. There's no property owned by any Activision company that is going to step into that role and be another tentpole like that. Yeah. Uh, not that they're bad. I'm, I, I love Blizzard IPs, but games aren't to that point yet. There has never been a truly successful video game film adaptation. I mean, there have been some that were okay. There have been some that have made money. Technically speaking, the Warcraft movie made a lot of money in, in China. It's extremely popular there. Um and I liked it. I'll, I'll defend it. But regardless, they just there's even if they had a Star Wars over there, if one of these games they looked at and said, "Yeah, this is going to be the next big thing," is it worth spending five to six times what you spent to get Star Wars? If you put the amount of money it costs to get all of Blizz, all of Marvel, and all of Lucas Arts, Lucas Films uh, assets together, that's like ten billion. It will be closer to thirty billion to get Activision Blizzard because you got to put you got to give people stock and equity and it, it would it would basically be a merger yeah. and a big merger. Fun fun fact by the way, just to interrupt you real quick, Warcraft is the most successful grossing video game at movie adaptation of all time at four hundred and thirty nine million. The next closest is Detective Pikachu at four hundred and thirty three million. And Detective Pikachu was balls out great, by the way. Mm-hmm. Fantastic movie. Uh, I don't even like Pokemon, and I thought that movie was wonderful. But, same, same. And number three is really Rampage with The Rock. Yeah. But <laughs> getting getting to that, that's the first thing. Just in terms of the amount of effort for value, it is not a likely thing to happen. And now here's the other thing. It is not a good thing that Disney owns so much of what we watch and what we experience and having them buy the nominally the biggest video game company in the world i mean you could argue is ea bigger is activision blizzard bigger i don't actually know ea's numbers because i don't work for ea watch um but i do know it's a huge company but it's like activision is enormous you know the the idea of that company now just being a wholly owned Activision uh, is bigger, by the way. Activision yeah, is bigger. I figured it probably was. I know it's way bigger than Ubisoft, which is also a huge company. But just in terms of like, think about first off, right now Disney outsources their video games. Yeah, they close. They close LucasArts. They they used to have Disney Interactive, and mm-hmm. for a while there was actually a bunch of down. they did, and there was a, there was actually a time, funnily enough, where like a bunch of former, uh, like um, I can't remember the company that was founded after. Uh, Blizzard North shut down. Why can't I think of the name of it? They they did Hellgate London. Oh, God. But, like, a lot of them moved over to Disney Interactive, and there was a lot of former, like, Activision Blizzard employees that moved over to Disney Interactive. And then the division got shut down by almost 10 years ago at this point. It's been a long mm-hmm. while because they didn't feel that there was enough money to be made there. To, like, like Matt's pointing out, the effort. Right. The effort that they would have to put in to compete with like Activision and EA and and at the time, like all of the other competitors like that hadn't been purchased by the other companies yet um, was just too high. And the barrier to entry for them was too high. Why do that when they can just consolidate their multimedia empire and make money elsewhere? Right. And then they can sell licenses and then they can sell licenses, which is what they've they've done. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. mean, right now, Disney is so big. Disney owns so many IPs that Star Wars is getting multiple games being made. Uh, there's lots of Marvel games being made or having already been made. And we forget this, but Disney owns the Avatar James Cameron movies. Yeah. The, the and they're making, they're making two games out of that. One of them, an enormous open world RPG. And these are all licensed. If Disney were to buy Activision Blizzard, the, the first possibility would be that all those contracts would basically become like albatrosses around Disney's neck because now they own the biggest video game company in the world. Why are they outsourcing games to other people? That's problem possible one. Problem possible two is, okay, we don't really want to be in the video game business. We just want your IPs. So there goes Activision Blizzard. Yeah, like I'll bring up the recent thing that really drives this point home. Do you remember what happened between Sony and Disney recently regarding the Spider-Man IP for movies? <laughs> Disney flat yeah. out tried to buy Sony, like just straight up. <laughs> like they're just like, we're just going to buy you. And then like a whole thing ensued. And they're like, oh, we can't buy you. Then we're just going to sue you because they wanted their IP back. Like they didn't care about how much money it was making under the banner of somebody else at them. They want some of that money goes to them. Some of that money goes to not them. They don't want some of the money. They want all of the money. Yeah. So it's one thing if you don't have a video game arm, then okay. It's still money for you to license it out. And that way you still get your IP out into video games. You, you get to make money from that and you don't have to make the video games. But if you own the biggest video game company in the world, either you're going to chop it up and there, you know, that would be a cataclysm for video game developers if Activision Blizzard just died. As much as, you know, we can talk about all the problems inherent in that company, but those problems exist in other industries as well. Chopping the company up for parts isn't going to fix them. It's just going to put people out of work. And if you don't do that, then now... You, th- you think Bobby Kotick's bad. Now you've got the Disney board telling Blizzard what to do. And, and like, and they're not and a darling. Like Kevin, Kevin Fahey gets to do whatever he wants because he produces stuff that makes them tons of money. So like, the second that that stops, he stops being listened to. Yeah. Yeah. And there's it, Blizzard would have to basically come in with some massive cash cow that would justify letting them stay independent. And, and it's not going to happen. I get where you were coming from with the question. Like, I understand the intent behind it. And like, and I don't want to, I don't want you to think that we're just picking it apart. And, and, and I don't want to think that this is all like doom and gloom and, you know, Disney's bad and everything. It, it, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm not saying Disney's bad. I'm saying Disney is a big multinational corporation yeah. that makes money off of IPs. That is what they are. That is what they do. Um, it, Blizzard does have some IPs that I think would make great, uh, movies and TV shows. I would love a Diablo show. I would love a ghost show. Like, so give me, give me straight up like Ghost was the video game. That'd be so cool. Give me a That'd sci-fi. So cool. Give me a sci-fi series based off of that idea. Yeah, absolutely, totally well, would be great. And think of Overwatch. Overwatch had those animated shorts. Overwatch is like ripe for a series of some kind. It has such great characters, such colorful environments. That would be an awesome animated series. I, mm-hmm. I, I would I would rather see companies that have IPs like that branch out and start looking at doing those things, especially with uh, the content delivery services that are starting to pop up for a lot of this stuff. Um, I will. I'm not going to commend them for this. I'm just going to point them out because I have my own various opinions about it. Games Workshop is arguably one of the largest tabletop game producers in the world when it comes to miniatures and that sort of space. They recently just got done launching their own version of Netflix, essentially, for their online content, which includes animated shorts, movies, and stuff like that. They're trying to do exactly this. They're trying to take their IPs that they know are strong and kind of scoop everything in. Now, there's some problems with that, which we don't have time for because I don't have three hours to talk to your off about it. But I could see somebody like Blizzard doing something similar to that. They already have the Battle.net framework. Imagine if Battle.net also had streaming services available into it, not just, you know, Activision Blizzard games. Or if they were to, say, maybe launch a channel or an app that had content like this was something that was talked about a long time ago. Like, do you guys you guys remember like Machinima, like the phenomenon oh, yeah. that is machinima. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was t- 
talk at one point of spinning that off as its own content on the internet, where it was like something that would be wholly owned and for creators to sort of like be able to have their stuff put up there and then have original content. It just never happened because the internet decided to do a million different things. But like I could see them doing something like that instead and maybe taking that opportunity to make TV shows and make, you know, movies with their IPs versus just farming out to, you know, Disney. You don't need Disney to make good content is really what I'm yeah. trying to say. I, I think, you know, we, we're getting kind of near the end here, but I will say this much. Not it. This is not in any way, shape or form an attack on Disney, um, but we're at the point where Disney owns so much stuff that it's actively dangerous to art and storytelling if they get more like you don't want one company owning everything and they own a lot they own fox they own everything fox has made going back to the original 20th century fox movies in vaults yeah you know they own all their yeah they own all their own stuff they own like you know it is big the sheer volume the fact that you're watching like like family guy and the simpsons on disney plus think about like if they now own the biggest video game company in the world, that's going to have ripples on other video game companies. That's going to affect them in ways that we really can't, you know, propagate. It's not, this isn't me wanting to beat up on your idea that, that Disney would make good stuff. They probably would make some good stuff. Um, not everything is going to be returned to which, to which mountain. Um, but they have made some returns to Witch Mountain. Like, for instance, Return to Witch Mountain. They made that. They have made some some real weird movies over the years. Um, and it's not all, you know, Disney. There was a period of time. If you go back, like, when during the 90s and just before, like, they started making, the, like, The Lion King and, and uh, The Little Mermaid and all that. There was a period of time where Disney looked like it was going to die. Remember Flight of the Navigator? Yeah. That was a Disney movie. <laughs> oh, come on. Flight of the Navigator is not bad. It is a creepy movie. It is a weird movie. I didn't say it was bad. Weird. Weird and creepy, I'll give you. But, but just the, these, you don't want too much, you know, corporation. You know, if one corporation owns literally everything, we're going to end up in a world where it's like the the Taco Bell seashell thing. From, from I was uh, just going to say that we're going to wind up in the corporate wars where it's going to be Demolition Man all over again. We're going to be yeah. it's going to be Taco Bell and Disney, and that's going to be the only things that survive the corporate wars. Yeah, like Amazon is going to like, you know, start in- employing cyborg troopers to like fight with <laughs> Disney. I, you know, cuz they own that robot company. I just just let's let's not try to jam them all together into one thing. This isn't Voltron. Uh, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all we got time for unfortunately cuz well, there were some questions I wanted to do. What what Liz? Uh I want to say one really great awesome thing we could have if Disney bought Blizzard is we could finally get that World of Warcraft theme park. Yeah, <laughs> I'd be into true. that. That's true. I'd be into that. Quite a few years ago, there was like a ripoff phony World of Warcraft theme park in China, and I'm like, I am into this. I would go to this place. And uh, Disney does some pretty fun theme parks, so I would, I'd be all over that. I don't know. Universal Nintendo Land is pretty good. Uh... <laughs> that's a, that's a good place to end it, I think, because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like actually sitting here now thinking about Blizzard World. As like actually, uh-huh, you, go to, you uh-huh. go to you go to Anaheim and there literally is Blizzard World right there. That's like wow, that would get me to try to go back in again after that last the city, time I went. The to- city of Anaheim has been replaced by completely just expanding <laughs> Disney into multiple theme parks. We have our own airport. <laughs> I, know, I wouldn't be surprised. All right, uh, Joe, you got yeah. a thing to do. Uh, Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzardwatch. Your continued support means this podcast site and community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast, a better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue, and an ads free site experience. Uh, Joe, since you have the script and I don't remember it off the top of my head, can you do the, the script you do at the end of Firewatch? Absolutely. Uh, the other thing that we would like to add, as with everything, is that all of us at Blizzard Watch continue to stand with the employees of Activision Blizzard in demanding change for a better tomorrow and a safer work environment. Thank you. Uh, this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast. I want to thank uh, both Liz and Joe for being here with me and making it a fun show to do every week, uh, even though we didn't have any Hearthstone content. So I didn't get to pawn off a solid 20 minutes of the show on Liz and drink. Uh, I do I do appreciate both of you guys for being here every week. Um, I'm not sure, you know, uh, we've, got, we've got some stuff to announce in the future. I will announce, though, that this Saturday we're going to have uh, the first return session of the Riotan D&D game. 
uh, for for people who know what that is. The, it was the original D and D spectacular. Yeah, that's that's the one that Matt DMs, and it is a wild ride. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be interesting because I'm desperately trying to remember what I did. <laughs> a lot of stuff happened, um, but yeah. That's that's going to be this Saturday. I think around two o'clock uh, central. Uh, two thirty, two thirty central. We usually start three thirty yeah, Eastern so, for those of you that that are in the Eastern time. Yeah, I happen to be in mountains, so for me, it's like, oh God, uh, I don't know why we did this. I think it was for two people who aren't even here anymore. We did central. Um, okay, you're so in Texas, right? You're was, in mountain, right? Yeah, I'm in I'm in central. Oh, you are. Okay, yeah. Texas is yes. enormous. I keep forgetting. Yeah, well, part of Texas is in mountains, so you could be mistake. You could uh, be forgiven for making that mistake. I think it's because yeah, yeah, okay, but yeah, we're going to be doing that this weekend. So by all means, we're going to stream it on our Twitch channel. The the one you're if you were listening to this live, it's this channel, uh, and yeah, it's it's a fun time. So if you feel like coming and listening, please do. Uh, but that's going to be it for the Blizzard Watch podcast. Thank you guys so much for being here with us, and we'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.